Mike, let's talk about skeuomorphic software design. Oh, like when uh, Apple's Game Center had that felt kind of card table thing, or what about the calendar app when it had the leather and the stitching to look like that old school desk Corinthian leather calendar? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, I should do that for my Kickstarter. Rich Corinthian leather calendars. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Stretch goal! <laughs> I don't miss that design trend in Apple software, but skeuomorphism goes back way further than iOS. The UI of the original Macintosh was full of real-life counterparts. To this day, we use terms like desktop and folders and files. Is that what we're talking about? Like, this isn't your computer history podcast, you know? It's not, but uh, this was sent in by an ungenious listener. Don't tell my co-host on Flashback. But today, we're talking about Microsoft Bob. Is that your co-host? Microsoft Bob? Yeah. It's uh, Mi- Microsoft Quinn. He's taller than Microsoft Bob. <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Quinn. I like that. It's more like an it because Microsoft Bob was a graphical application designed to make using Windows 3.1, Windows 95, and Windows NT more approachable and easier for novice users and perhaps even children. It was released in March of 1995 and pulled from shelves about a year later. Developed under the code name Utopia, which is... <laughs> That's very bold, bold. for a code name. Yeah. What I like is, it's really what I'm about to say here, so developed under the code name Utopia, Bob's interface, it's kind of a big difference, right? From Utopia to Bob. Yeah. I think, no offense to people named Bob, but, you know, it's a bit, you know. Wow. Bob's interface was based on research by professors Clifford Nest and Byron Reeves of Stanford University, and the marketing was led by Melinda Gates. I know her. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know her now. personally. Her. <laughs> We're friends. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about the interface of Microsoft, Bob. And by all means, go look at the links in the show notes this week. We have this YouTube video by LGR where he does this full walkthrough of it. It's amazing. Yeah, you do need to see this if you haven't seen it before. Because the UI, remember, of this Microsoft kind of operating system thing was designed to look like a cartoon house with various objects representing different applications that the user could select. Clicking the pen and paper would open a word processor, while the clock next to the fireplace would let you set an alarm or change the system's time. A true sign of the times, there was a Rolodex on the desk that would open your contacts. There was a wall calendar with no rich Corinthian leather that would show you your events. There were also programs for lists, financial planning, and more. The interface was somewhat customizable, with ways of adapting the rooms in the house and their overall motifs, with four options including castle, contemporary, postmodern, and retro. You know, the four design ideas. Uh, (laughs) That's all there is. (laughs) That's all there is. (laughs) Applications could be moved from room to room as the user saw fit. Oh, that's good. I want my Rolodex over there in the bedroom. In the dungeon. Not all objects were tied to applications, however. Some things, such as flower vases, could be moved around and changed, but didn't open any programs when they were actually clicked. There was a balloon program that would add a floating balloon to your room, just waiting for you to pop it. And when you did, it made a lovely little sound effect. To help you get around this colorful world, Microsoft Bob came with a virtual assistant. The user could select from a range of 12 characters, including Rover the dog, Ruby the parrot, or Scuzz the rat, if you wanted to change it up a bit. They all had various personalities that would change the experience of using the app, Microsoft Bob. Would you call it an app? Was it? Mm, Not really, I would call it a... An experience. An experience. Experiential program. Users could sign up for a bob.com email address. (laughs) They went all in, man. They did. This was powered by an online service called MCI, which is, of course, long gone. 
The price was $5 a month, and you could send up to 15 emails per month. Oh, my God. After that, each additional email would cost you 45 cents. What was wrong with us back then? Each email was limited to 5,000 characters, which is something that we should bring back, I think. I think 5,000 is still too many. <laughs> uh, Geo Safari was bundled with Microsoft Bob. Yes. It was a virtual version of the educational interactive quiz designed for students. If Bob's programs weren't enough for you, if you were a real power user, it did allow you to link to regular Windows programs from within the Bob interface, and you could tie them to different objects. Speaking of that interface, Comic Sans and Clippy are often tied to Microsoft Bob. The typeface was designed with Bob in mind, but didn't actually ship with the product or appear in it anywhere. If you want to hear more about Comic Sans, check out episode 114 of this show. It's a real fun time mm-hmm. talking about typeface mm-hmm. on a podcast. Clippy didn't actually show up until Office 97, but he's a story for a different time. So... How did this $100 piece of software perform? Well, considering it was pulled for sale in about a year, I think it's pretty easy to guess it didn't go super well. Bob received the seventh place in PC World Magazine's list of the 25 worst technology products of all time and number one worst product of the decade by CNET.com. That's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. Bob did get a second lease on life, however. An edition of Microsoft Bob was bundled with the Gateway 2000 computer around 1995. This version included exclusive content, including extra rooms, uh, one being the attic, which of course contained a box for the Gateway computer that we were running it on. It's very meta. Mm -hmm. It also came with additional backgrounds and more icons to be used for launching Windows applications. Bob had one more use, one more thing up its sleeve. It was included on the Windows XP install disk. It was believed that by adding an additional 30 megabytes of data to the disk, which Bob would provide, it would be slower and more annoying to pirate the software in the era of modems. Really putting all that time and effort to good use. (laughs) Bloatware. Quite literally bloatware. (laughs) (laughs) It is. But it's even worse than that. You couldn't actually install it. They had encrypted it. So it was just a chunk of data sitting on the installer. So in addition to making downloading the OS more painful, the XP installer itself would check for the, quote, blob of Bob. Yes. Blob, which blob. is that chunk of data. Bob, blob. Blob, 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 blob. And if, if you had a tweaked thing called the OEM blob, you could only use an OEM product key. Not to be outdone, Rover, the software's default dog assistant, Rover reappeared in Windows XP as an actual feature in the file search function. If you're going to make a dog, you got to reuse him, I guess. I think that is like genuinely really sad. They could have put 30 megabytes of just garbage. Maybe it was like a, a sick political burn to the people who thought Bob was a good idea. Probably. Poor Bob. Poor Bob. Blah, I'd like Bob. to thank Aaron for sending this topic in. If you want to read more about Microsoft Bob, and please go check out all the stuff in the show notes. It's amazing. Head on over to relay.fm slash ingenious slash 133. While you're on the Relay website, check out Top 4. It is a podcast hosted by Tiff and Marco Arment, who can make a Top 4 list out of anything. It's going to make you delightfully furious. Indulge in the randomness and listen for yourself at relay.fm slash top four or search for top four wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a suggestion for a future episode of Ungenius, send us an email or you can find us on Twitter. 
The show is at Ungeniused. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. And you can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. And until the next time we revisit the 90s, Mike, say goodbye. Bye, Bob. Bye, y'all.